You are listening to the Finance Professor Podcast, brought to you by financeprofessor.org. In this episode, I'm going to read my paper, Does Difficulty Affect U.S. State High Point Ascents? So I lately got interested in these uh, U.S. State High Points. So I've... Uh, you know, since COVID, I started like RVing and uh, I did started kind of hiking and then I got into climbing and, you know, it was, I didn't really have a big awareness of the, U, the U.S. State High Points. I don't know. I mean, I don't think I really thought about it until I kind of heard several people talk about it. Uh, so, you know, I think Driscoll Mountain in Louisiana, which is like about 500 feet, we went to see that in February, and that was actually the third state high point I'd done. Um, and that, it's not quite a drive up, there is actually a mile walk to the, to the high point on private land, uh, but... You know, before that, I just kind of accidentally did high points like Black Elk Peak, also known as Harney Peak, is like right next to Mount Rushmore. And I was like, oh, I should do some hiking and this looks fun. Uh, I actually struggled with that and had to do that over several days because I didn't have the proper uh, equipment. And I also didn't have the proper, uh, you know, I didn't have good weather. Uh, but eventually I got up and... It's a moderate peak on the, the list, but it's, it's it, on the easier side of moderate. And then uh, Whitney I was kind of obsessed with, and I had to do a, a mini through hike uh, to do that because of all the, because of, it's just so crazy to get on Whitney Trail that the, the lottery is such that you have to probably play the lottery for a couple years and you have to do that early in the season and I didn't you know I wasn't didn't have that much forethought and planning so what I I think this where this kind of this paper that I'm going to talk to you about now fits in in the literature I think it fits in the tourism literature so if you're looking for a finance paper probably isn't a finance paper I was just interested in like, okay, what are the hardest ones? Maybe I could do a numerical ranking of that. And then I saw Vander Heed and he basically collected all the data. I just thought I could uh, compile, I could compile, put it together a little bit better. I also got some data on Yosemite class and also looked up, uh, you know, which peaks had glaciers and which didn't. Uh, and, and and you know just based on my judgment of you know what matters for hiking and climbing uh so i get the the biggest peak i've ever done is uh uh pico de orizaba in mexico um which was 18,400 500 feet something like that very high very thin air up there uh and but so I felt confident about that. I'd also, you know, done a guided climb on Rainier. Rainier also has a lottery system on its uh, disappointment cleaver route. Um, 
so you know i think one of the things that that like from my reading of mountain climbing and the history of mountain climbing is that you know infrastructure matters right and that's kind of the theme that we get out of the paper that wasn't what i was started out looking for but that's what i found and in particular a particular type of infrastructure matters and the infrastructure that matters is one that reduces the technical difficulty of the mountain so it seems that these we could drop all these measures of effort so like Vanderheed and Martin who'd kind of done rankings of the high points before they put a lot of effort a lot of weight on effort right measures of effort like mileage to how how many miles do you have to walk to the summit how you know how much elevation gain do you need to get to get to the summit and what this study shows is that you could probably just throw that out from from a revealed preferences perspective you know what do hikers or what do climbers actually do what discourages them it seems that they're pretty much indifferent to these measures of physical effort but they are affected by technical difficulty that and technical difficulty is also a proxy for risk so the yosemite decimalization system basically is like going up the risk ladder your risk so class one you have very little risk of getting lost class two you have a risk of getting lost class three you have a risk of falling class four you have a high risk of falling and you really need to rope up right so that so those are the that's kind of the big barriers is these class four and three mountains and to a lesser extent two mountains those are the ones that people kind of stay away from after controlling for other factors right so after i you know the other theme that you're going to find in this paper is that the the big through hikes really matter for summits and that's because of the fuzziness between hikers and mountaineers and so if you think of, so i think a lot of people think about mountaineering as like alex honnold free solo you're going up the wall in yosemite and that is like a world of difference to essentially high altitude mountaineering of which the high points kind of is the you know the gateway too right so high altitude mountaineering also known as alpinism right uh is basically mostly walking up a mountain there's not there's typically not going to be any class five moves there's not going to be any rock climbing associated with it and thus it attracts hikers not people that necessarily have technical skills and go to the climbing gym every day there's no there's there is some overlap between that but really the skills that you need to be a high altitude mountaineer the most important skill is a good set of lungs right 
cardiovascular fitness uh, versus, uh, you know, having strong fingers and being able to hang uh, and wedging yourself into rocks. So that, so that's what I, you know, so the Pacific Crest Trail, the Appalachian Trail, those are big funnels into the state high points, and we show that in the data. Uh, in, in particular, AT has, I think it was like Mount Greylock in Massachusetts. It, uh, the end is Mount Katahdin, and then uh, the high point of the Appalachian Trail is the high point of Tennessee. So it's, it's, you can't disentangle the data about ascents without looking at, um, without considering the, the big uh, premier through hikes. Now the Continental Divide Trail, we'll talk about it, is like a very, very distant third and I think you can ignore it for the purposes of a, a small data set. Uh, but for Appalachian Trail, Pacific Crest Trail are a big driver of ascents. So the so what we find is that that peak baggers are attracted to altitude when we're talking about the 50 state high points. Altitude, you know, should be a deterrent and something that uh, you know affects effort because it affects elevation gain. It affects how thin the air is, uh, but in, in point of fact, with the exception of Denali, most of the you know high points can be summited with a very little a low level of acclimatization schedule. So you can go up Mount Elbert or Mount Whitney if you just spend a couple days or three days or something like that in the mountains. Now, a lot of people just drive that try to reason why the summit rates on Mount Whitney, the highest point in the lowest lower 48 states, the second highest point in the high points list. Uh, a lot of people why people fail on that is they drive in from LA same day, right? So they drive in and LA get there at 11 p.m. and maybe they start walking at 3 a.m. and they have no acclimation to the altitude and they've got 20 miles to go and they've got 7,000 feet of elevation gain and they have to turn around and that's that's what kind of drives down the summit success at Whitney is just like grossly unrealistic grossly unprepared uh, not that it's relatively difficult it's just that they just had haven't been exposed to that experience Whereas if you're talking about some of these other peaks, uh, like uh, Gannett or Granite Peaks of Gannett in Wyoming, or Granite Peak in uh, Montana, which are 13,000, 12,000, something like that feet, less than 14,000 feet tall, but they have huge approaches. They have class four moves that are needed to do at the end. Uh, and you know maybe you have some glacier travel mixed into that and 
they probably have pretty crappy weather because they're way up north, then those are, you know, substantially harder than a Mount Whitney. And the reason why people are not doing it, at least in, from my study, is mostly because of that class four, right? That class four at the end, but it also is the approach matters too, right? So like uh, Kings Peak has a huge approach in Utah, but it doesn't have any class four moves. It has some more root finding. Uh, and so it, it in terms of the difficulty scale, it, it goes down. So. What I find is that you could you could almost just use the Yosemite decimalization scale to to rank high points based on what peak baggers do. So they tend to avoid the class four peaks and tend to go for the class one peaks. So everybody does Whitney, uh, and then you know nobody is doing Gannet or Granite, right? And so the what a lot of uh, peaks do is they just they just put in handholds, right? So if you go to Yosemite National Park, you know one of the big attractions is Half Dome, right? You climb Half Dome. There's a lottery for climbing Half Dome, although you don't have to do that way in advance. You can do that a few weeks in advance. And uh, like I won the lottery, and you hold on to the wire, the big wire ropes, right? Otherwise, the half dome would be, you know, I don't. I mean, it would be a very difficult climb in, in the class five range, right? Uh, for a rock climber, uh, but instead, it's like a huge attraction to. Yosemite National Park and so you think of Yosemite as kind of this bastion of climbing purity but the half dome hike is not I mean that you know that there is a path it's not the only path if you wanted to do it without the cables you could do it uh, if you had the skills just like you could do El Capitan uh, straight up but you there's also a route up El Capitan by the steps so I've done the steps route on El Capitan which is very physically demanding I think more physically demanding than any uh, high point I've done because those steps are killer but it, it you know it's not as killer as what Alex Honnell did climbing up the sheer face right which is kind of the the class of of you know if you want to be a great rock climber you need to be able to climb El Capitan's face not the steps right so what I would say for like Gannett and Granite is if the community is affected by uh, that are near the trailheads to Gannett and Granite if they wanted to increase tourism if they created a route similar to what has been done on Mont Blanc, the highest point in at least Western Europe, but you know, if you don't count Elbrus in Europe, then the highest point in Europe, 
is that they there are there are actually steel handholds so it's basically kind of like a ladder to the Gutier hut right and that is the normal route up uh, Mount uh, you know uh, up uh, Mont Blanc now is that it's still a class four climb because people tend to rope up in because they have there's some glacier risk and and still rated class four but you know the class four or class five moves that would have been there there's an option to avoid them because of these man-made handholds same thing with uh angels landing right so angels landing in zion national park very exposed very dangerous moves but there are there's like a handhold there and so you have to book it and that's a big attraction similar to half dome uh for zion national park which is one of the most popular national parks in the united states so i i think if if like the wyoming tourism and the um and it, and the um montana tourism really wanted to see a surge in climbing traffic you know a similar thing could be done now does it have to be done you know from my perspective i don't think it matters if it was something really important to me you could hire a guide for both those places uh who if you didn't know how to anchor the ropes they could do it for you uh, and you could get it done in decent weather if you choose your weather window carefully. And so, now Denali, Denali 2 has infrastructure. So Denali is a very difficult peak. You know, it's one of the most difficult of the seven summits, the highest summits in um each of the continents and however we define continents there may be nine seven summits up for the seven continents uh, but anyways uh, Denali is kind of one of the undisputed one it's and one of the hardest ones right so maybe second hardest or third hardest after Vincent Massif and Antarctica and uh, after Everest of course so but Denali has fixed ropes, right? There's some rope fixing done by the kind of the, the guiding services on the mountain on the West Buttress route. Does that make it, you know, a no, an easy summit? No, it's not an easy summit. Uh, there's glaciers, there's the climatization issues, it's cold. Um, so, you know, Denali, even with that infrastructure is still a very dangerous difficult mountain to summit and very expensive right you have to fly out to the glacier even if you go you run your own expedition you don't have a guide and you're kind of mooching off the fixed lines you you still have to pay for a plane to drop you somewhere near base camp because there's no road there right so I don't think so I guess my point is that uh, infrastructure matters it makes it, it it has led to huge increases 
uh, in the climbing of Whitney, for example, uh, and it Mount Elbert, right? These trails that were created were not they have they are tended they are they have been uh, created by the federal government, the National Park Service or the Forestry Service, and uh, that they are you know. At Black Mesa, the trail is created by the Nature Conservancy. These things are not, these things are man-made that make these places easier and more accessible and uh, they get more ascents and that's what we kind of see in the data that, you know, you reduce the class of the climb, you get more climbers. Not necessarily reducing the distance of the climb, the distance is kind of a bragging right. Uh, the elevation is a bragging right, although we don't see any significant difference between distance and summits. We do see a significant difference that higher elevation peaks get more summits. Uh, lower class peaks get more summits. So, so I'm going to read the paper now. That's, a, that's a more than enough introduction for it. Uh, you can find the paper, you can go to financeprofessor.org or linuswilson.com and go to the research tab. Um, there'll be links to the paper in the show notes. Uh, so, happy listening. Does difficulty affect U.S. State High Point Ascents by Linus Wilson? We develop a six-factor ranking of the U.S. State High Points. While this index is significantly associated with fewer ascents, only one of the six factors drives that result. Technical difficulty is the only measure of high point difficulty that significantly discourages summits. Climbers seem indifferent to physical effort required and are significantly attracted to higher elevation U.S. state high points. We also show popular through hikes near the high point are associated with significantly more summits. This indicates that mountain communities could see surges in tourism if a route to the summit was made less technically difficult. Introduction. High pointing is visiting the high point in every political or geographic jurisdiction. U.S. state high pointing is a driver of mountaineering and hiking adventure tourism in many states. In this study we look at how difficulty of the 50 U.S. state high points affects how frequently they are summited. We break up difficulty into six different factors, elevation, elevation gain, round trip distance, peak, glaciation, uh, latitude of the summit, and technical difficulty of the route according to the Yosemite Decimal System Rating. YDS. We test the components of high point difficulty in our composite index on the summits reported by users of peakbagger.com. We find our overall difficulty rating is a negative and significant indicator of summits. Nevertheless, of the six difficulty components, elevation of the high point significantly increases ascents. Higher YDS technical difficulty significantly decreases ascents. All the components of effort are statistically insignificant. We add to the literature on the motivations 
of mountain climbers. Physical effort measures are irrelevant to peak baggers. Elevation encourages them and technical difficulty discourages them. Peak bagging is encouraged by prominent through hiking trails such as the Appalachian Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail. It is often difficult to disentangle hiking from mountaineering. Lowenstein argues that the traditional utility theory cannot explain mountaineering because it involves hardship and risk with very little prospect for gain. Trekking and mountaineering can enjoy large surges in popularity. Beattie and Hudson found that trekking permits in Nepal increased by over seven times from 1987 to 2000. We find that the popularity of a given U.S. state high point is significantly related to its technical risks and not to the physical effort required to summit. Thus, in an attempt to reduce the difficulty of the Yosemite Decimal System YDS Class 3 and 4 peaks might result in a surge in high point tourism near those peaks. Section 2 data. We obtained a list of U.S. state high points, elevations, elevation gains, shortest round trip to the summit from Van Der Heed, 2019. High point latitudes were obtained from Google Maps. Van Der Heed reported the least mileage standard routes. Ja and Rizal, 2017, provided the Yosemite Decimals System Rating YDS classification for climbs rated over Class 1. We verified the YDS for climbs rated over Class 1 at summitpost.org. When summitpost.org had a different rating for the hike rated 2, 3, or 4 than Ja and Rizal 2017, we used summitpost.org's YDS class for hikes that involved zero miles walking round trip, according to Vander Heed. We gave those high points a zero YDS class rating. The 50 state high points were either rated zero, one, two, three, or four. Four were cl rated class four, one was rated class three, three were rated class two. 29 were rated class 1 and 13 were rated class 0. In YDS, according to Rose 2013, class 1 is walking on an established trail. Class 2 may involve some route finding but rarely requires the use of hands. Class 3 has some scrambling where the risk of death is very low. Class 4 has scrambling where the risk of death from falling is high and most climbers will want to use protection. None of the state high points had a standard route which was class 5 or higher. A YDS class represents the hiking or climbing necessary on the most difficult part or crux of the route to the summit. To identify the glaciated high points, we use the Google search term lower 48 mountains with glaciers. It is widely known that Denali in Alaska is glaciated. The search term identified Mount Rainier, Mount Hood, Gannett Peak, and Bora Peak as the glaciated state high points. High points with glaciers were coded with the dummy variable as 1. High points without glaciers were coded as 0. In Table 1, we see that most U.S. state high points had a class of 0 or 1. The elevation above mean sea level ranged from 345 for Britain Hill in Florida to 2320 feet for Denali in Alaska. Higher elevation makes it harder to breathe as the concentration of air becomes less at higher elevation. 
Lukes et al. says the risks of acute mountain sickness caused by the decrease in partial pressure of oxygen at higher elevations becomes a substantial risk above 2,500 meters or 8,202 feet. While AMS can be easily treated by descent, it can decrease athletic performance and result in rapid death in otherwise healthy people when ignored for too long. Below 8,000 feet, athletic performance may suffer as a hiker is taking in less oxygen relative to exercising at sea level. In addition, higher elevations require more gear to be carried as higher elevations are colder than lower elevations. There are two measures of the length of the climb. The first is the elevation gain in feet. Elevation gain is the difference between the trailhead elevation and the elevation at the summit. It is harder to gain more elevation on a hike or climb. The average elevation gain was 19,023 feet, but more, most high points required less than 254 vertical feet of climbing. The second measure, the length of the climb, is the round trip mileage from the trailhead to the summit and back on the standard route. The average round trip distance of the climb was just over six miles, but the median hike was only 1.4 miles. Colder mountains required more gear, warm clothes to be carried, and typically have shorter climbing seasons. Latitude is a proxy for how cold the mountain is, independent of altitude. The average high point was on the 40th parallel, but Hawaii's high point was 19.82 north latitude and Denali summit fell 63.07 north latitude. The YDS does not account for the presence of ice and snow. Glaciated peaks have crevasse risk. Crevasses are cracks in the glaciers that climbers could fall into, leading to death or injury. Glaciated peaks often require climbers to carry technical equipment like crampons and boots on the boots, specialized climbing boots, and ice axes. Climbers may need harnesses and rope to rescue climbers who may fall into a crevasse or slip on the ice or snow. Five U.S. state high points had glaciers, portions with permanent ice and snow. Section three, difficulty rating. Uh, we created a difficulty rating from the six different measures of climbing difficulty in table one. Our unscaled difficulty score was weighted by multiplying class by one. We divided elevation by 8,000 feet. Elevation gain was divided by 500 feet. Round trip distance to the summit and back was divided by two miles, latitude was subtracted by 30 degrees, that difference was divided by 120 degrees, the glacier dummy was multiplied by four, those six components were added together for the 50 state high points, the highest unscaled difficulty for score was 53.81 for Denali. We then scaled all six components by multiplying them by 100 divided by 53.81. That meant that Denali got a 100, a 100 scale difficulty rating and all other less difficult peaks were rated below 100. Insert table two about here. In table two, the total scale difficulty score ranged from 0.1 to 100, with the median difficulty being 5.66. Insert table three about here. In table two, we give summary statistics for the weights of the six factors. Since every mountain or high point 
had a different score for some or all of the six categories. The weight of each category was different for each high point. On average, climbing class was 20.2%, elevation score was 29.5%, elevation gain score was 21.5%, distance score was 20.0%, latitude score was 7.6%, uh, and glacier score was 1.2% of the overall scaled score. Denali had the top or had tied for the top score in five of the six categories. It only lost to the number two ranked high point Gannett Peak on one category. Gannett Peak had a longer round trip distance to the summit than Denali. Insert table four panels A and B about here. We classified the high points as very hard if their scale difficulty score was over 80. Hard peaks had scores less than 80 but greater than 40. As it turned out, all but one of the hard or very hard high points had a class rating above one. Most of the hard or very hard peaks were glaciated. Section four, ascent frequency and difficulty. To measure ascent frequency, we turn to self-reported data from peakbagger.com. While the National Park Service tracks ascents and permits on Denali and Mount Rainier, most high points are not in national parks and there is no systemic tracking of summits. Many high points have sign-in sheets. Many sign-in books are missing. It is unclear if anyone compiles data on sign-in sheets and many climbers forget to sign in. For example, on one high point trip an author observed that he was the first person to summit Mount Wheeler, New Mexico on the day according to the journal despite seeing over two dozen people pass him to the summit. Likewise at Magazine Mountain, Arkansas, his party signed in the book, but two other parties summited after him, but made no effort to sign in before descending. On a third high point, Mount Elbert, Colorado, he asked several people about the sign-in book's location, but no one knew where it was, and he could not find it after searching. There likely was no sign-in sheet on Mount Elbert on the day. Logged-in users of peakbagger.com are encouraged to record their peaks and experiences, and peakbagger.com displayed the number of summits of of its users for the 50 state high points. We compiled that data on July 14, 2023. We used these relative frequencies to test how much a high point's difficulty by our composite and its six components predict how many peakbagger.com users summit that state high point. Hypothesis one, more difficult high points will have significantly fewer ascents. We have a second countervailing hypothesis that attained that attaining high altitude peaks will carry more status or bragging rights and be more popular. Since altitude is not always perfectly correlated with peak difficulty, users will favor easier high altitude peaks over lower higher altitude higher difficulty peaks. For example, Mount Elbert is an easier summit to achieve than the lower elevation Mount Gannett according to Table 4 Panel A. Hypothesis 2, higher altitude peaks will have significantly more ascents. We think there are more important factors affecting peakbagger.com ascents that don't involve difficulty as defined in Section 3. Peaks near the Appalachian Trail and Pacific Crest Trail 
states are more likely to be summited. Both through hikes are considered to be part of the triple crown of hiking, but the third through hike, the Continental Divide Trail, CDT, according to Hodgkin's 2020 is far less popular than the AT and PCT. Hodgkin's 2020 reports that the PCT had nearly 4,000 permits in 2017 and 491 completions in that year. The AT had over 3,000 permits and 685 people who completed the through hike in 2017. In contrast, the CDT only had about 300 attempts and 81 completions, according to Hodgkin's 2020. Martin 2022 says the High Pointers Club, which awards badges and pins and plaques for various levels of U.S. State High Point completion, only had 2,500 members in 2020. Thus, the long-distance thru-hikers may be a bigger source of summits than persons actively attempting to reach all 50 state high points. The AT has thru-hikers ascend multiple state high points, inflating the popularity of those peaks such as Clingman's Dome, Dome, Tennessee, and Mount Katahdin, Maine. For the AT, we created a dummy variable equal to 1 if the state high point is in an AT state where the highest point on the AT exceeds 90% of the elevation of that state's high point. The AT does not pass near the state high point in several of the 14 AT states. We use the highest elevations by state reported by RidgeTrekker.com to 2023 for this calculation. The mystique of the PCT encouraged high altitude hiking in three states that host the PCT, California, Oregon, and Washington. That led to more ascents of high points in those effective dates. The PCT was greatly popularized by the bestseller Wild from Lost to Found on the Pacific Crest Trail, Stray 2012. Wild was made into a hit movie among many other accolades. We created a PCT dummy variable equal to one if the high point is in California, Oregon, or Washington. The PCT dummy equals zero if the state is not included in the Pacific Crest Trail. To control for the relative remoteness of peaks, we collect state populations from the U.S. Census. Peaks in higher population states were expected to be ascended more frequently than high points in lower population states. Summoning one state high point is not only potentially closer to the hiker, but the ascent of one's own state high point may appeal to the state resident is part of his or her in-state pride more than hiking the out-of-state high point. Insert Table 5 about here. According to Table 5, the median state high point had 975 peakbagger.com 2023 ascents. It was not in a PCT state or near the AT and it had a population of 4.58 million people in the 2020 census. Insert Table 6 about here. Table 6 shows the six-factor difficulty index is negative and significant predictor of ascents in Model 1 after controlling for other factors. This supports Hypothesis 1. Hypothesis 2, that higher elevations predict more ascents, is supported with 90 to 99% confidence in all models. Of the six components of the hike difficulty, only the Yosemite class is negative and significant in Model 2. When the Yosemite class and the difficulty index are in the same model, Model 
3, that only Yosemite class is negative and significant. Overall, this indicates that it is only technical difficulty, not measures of hiker's effort, such as mileage or elevation gain, that discourages ascents. Thus, rankings that only focus on round-trip mileage and elevation gain may not take into account the factors that really deter hikers from summiting. The key factor in Table 6 that deters ascents is technical difficulty of Class 2. Vanderheed 2019 does take into account five factors, including one for technical difficulty, similar to the Yosemite Decimal Scale, YDS, Martin 1997, and Martin 1998 mentioned the use of ropes in its 10 different classes of state high points as the, the YDS does for class 3 and class 4 climbs. Insert table 7 about here. Nevertheless, the emphasis on effort, physical exertion in Vanderheed 2019 and Martin 1997, Martin 1998, and this paper's index developed in section 3 does not seem to be a barrier to peakbagger.com climbers. The biggest deterrent is the increase of fatal falls in YDS class 3 and class 4 high points. Despite their large weights on physical exertion, the rankings of those sources are very similar with the class 4 summits Denali, Gannett Peak, Rainier, and Granite Peak atop the rankings as the hardest summits on the U.S. state high point list. This may occur in part because the YDS class is significantly positively correlated with the other five difficulty factors with over 99% confidence according to Table 7. Indeed, the effort measures of elevation gain and round trip distance have an 85 and 77% correlation respectively with the YDS class or technical difficulty on the easiest route. Perhaps it should not be surprising that effort measures do not seem to dissuade climbers. Ewart 1985 argues challenge is one of the principal motivations for mountain climbers. Pomfret 2006 argues that there are push and pull factors in mountaineering adventure tourism. Easier routes or pull factors, drive ups and better groomed trails are are pull factors for U.S. state high points. Push factors include challenge seeking. This study indicates that push factors, th this study indicates that pull factors that reduce technical difficulty of the summit may lead to more summits, but reducing the effort to summit may not encourage more summits. Thus, the Class 1 Mount Whitney Trail is so popular that it requires a lottery despite it being very strenuous and long with a lot of elevation gain. Fallen et al. 2011 find that joy motivates mountaineers to climb, but fear significantly demotivates them. Risk is a fairly low on the list of motivations for mountaineer surveyed in Chamonix, France while experience, adventure, and challenge are the top motivations of climbers in Pomfret and Bramwell 2016. Thus, YDS class may be a proxy for how much fear or, the, or risk hikers of the U.S. state high points can expect to face on their climb, and they avoid the higher YDS class. Section 5 Conclusion. In this paper, we've developed a six-factor numerical difficulty index for the 50 U.S. state high points. We test how difficulty of the high point ascent is associated with summits 
self-reported by users on peakbagger.com, only one measure of difficulty is associated with significantly more summits, that is elevation. Only one measure is associated with significantly less summits, that is Yosemite Decimal System class rating. Technical difficulty or catastrophic fall risk of the high point discourages ascents. This indicates that the communities affected by mountain tourism could see a large surge in climbers if the class four sections of Granite Peak, Montana or Gannett Peak, Wyoming, for example, had lower technical difficulty alternatives such as handholds, which are present on both Mont Blanc's Guter Hut route in France or Angel's Landing in Zion National Park in Utah. Approach distances and elevation gains are not found to be significant factors in U.S. high point popularity. Also, we find that the most popular continental link through hike trails the Pacific Crest and Appalachian trails make the high points of the states on those trails significantly more popular. Thus, through hiking tourism seems to be positively associated with mountaineering tourism. So I'm going to go through the tables. Uh, table 1 summary statistics for raw data on six characteristics of high point difficulty, statistic class, elevation in feet, elevation gain in feet, round trip distance in miles, latitude in degrees, glacier, dummy yes equals 1 and no equals 0. Table 2 summary statistics of scaled components of the difficulty rating, statistic class, elevation, elevation gain, distance, latitude, glacier dummy, total, and the statistics are average, median, minimum, maximum, standard deviation, and observations. Uh, table three is summary statistics for the weights on the six difficulty components, statistic, class weight, elevation gain, elevation gain weight, distance weight, latitude weight, glacier weight, and Table 4, Panel A, Very Hard, Hard, and Moderate Difficulty U.S. State High Points. There are 19. Uh, Denali's the hard, Very Hard, Gannett Peak is Very Hard, uh, Mount Rainier, Granite Peak, Kings Peak, Mount Whitney, Bora Peak, Mount Hood are all hard, and the remainder are moderate. And then Table 4, Panel B, Easy and Very Easy U.S. State High Points. And these tables have the rank, lower ranks are harder, name of the mountain, state, elevation, distance in miles, scale score, and difficulty, or name of the high point, because some of them aren't mountains. Uh, table 5, summary statistics of ascents and control variables. So we got the statistic, the ascents, uh, the Pacific Crest Trail dummy, yes equals 1 no equals zero. Uh, high point near Appalachian Trail, yes equals one, and no equals zero. And the 2020 state population in millions in table five. And then table six, we've got ordinary least squares regressions of factors predicting U.S. state high point ascents. And then uh, that is the constant, and then the independent variables are difficulty 
index, elevation, elevation gain, round trip distance, glacier dummy, latitude, Yosemite class, Appalachian Trail, high point dummy, Pacific Crest Trail dummy, uh, state population in millions, and observations and adjusted R squared. Uh, so not all these factors are in the same regression. Uh, generally, the Appalachian Trail dummy is and Pacific Crest Trail dummies are statistically significant with 99% confidence. Uh, state population is only significant in one regression. Yosemite class is uh, significant with 90% or 99% confidence in three of the regressions. And then elevation is uh, positive and significant in uh, all four models uh, with either 95% or 99% confidence. The difficulty index is negative and significant with 99% confidence in model one, but is insignificant in model three, which includes Yosemite class. And then, um, so I think those are all the kind of interesting things there. And then the dependent variable is peakbagger.com 2023 ascents for US state high points. Elevation is elevation in feet, round trip distance, is in miles glacier dummy equals one if the peak has a glacier and zero otherwise latitude is the north latitude in degrees yosemite class equals zero if there is no walking involved otherwise yosemite class equals one two three or four depending on the difficulty of the crux of the normal easier route to the summit, the Appalachian Trail high point dummy equals one if the high point it is one if the Appalachian Trail reaches at least 90% of the height of the high point on the, in the state or zero otherwise. The Pacific Crest Trail dummy equals one if the peak is in a Pacific Crest Trail state or zero otherwise state population is in millions or state population in millions is from the 2020 census one star two stars or three stars that is one asterisk two asterisks or three asterisks equals 90 95 or 99 percent confidence respectively that the coefficient is significantly different from zero and there are t statistics reported in the table uh table seven pearson correlations of u.s state high point difficulty factors uh so those are six factors elevation elevation gain round trip distance glacier dummy latitude yosemite class and all of these correlations are have 99 percent confidence except for elevation and latitude which has uh, no confidence or less than 90% confidence uh, for that. But so all these things are very highly correlated with over 99% confidence, except for latitude and elevation. Okay, thanks for listening. You can get the paper at financeprofessor.org or linuswilson.com. Just follow the links. Happy hiking. Until next time, I'm Linus Wilson. Bye-bye.